0: Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Do keep in mind that we have other resources and information available at our website. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they are available for free at our website and also as podcast or iTunes. Look for us in the Apple iTunes store under the Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. I think many times people wonder, why is there so much evil around them? And the problem is that things do not become as bad as they are all by themselves and overnight. It's an unfortunate process that happens when people lose sight of who God is and who He needs to be in us individually, in our churches, in our communities, in our regions, and ultimately in our different nations. When we willfully push God out of things, starting with certain areas of our lives, then sin and evil start to fill the void that is left. And when that happens... Everything starts being affected by sin, both within us and all around us. We start becoming part of the problem as opposed to becoming part of the solution. Everything we do affects everything around us. Please stay with us as we look together into what God's Word has to say about this. Let us go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Blessing and honor and glory be to you. For yours is the kingdom and the glory forever and ever. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I pray, O Lord, that you please forgive my sins. I pray, O Lord, that you always please remember us in your mercy and in your grace. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, that you may please, O Lord, guide us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us, O Lord, to be sensitive, to be open, to your word to what you want us to learn and to understand the importance that you need to have in each of our lives help us O oh lord in jesus name amen our scripture passage reading is found in the book of judges chapter 19 verse 22 through chapter 20 verse 5. this is the word of the lord as they were enjoying themselves, suddenly certain men of the city, perverted men, surrounded the house and beat on the door. They spoke to the master of the house, the old man saying, Bring out the man who came to your house, that we may know him carnally. But the man, the master of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my brethren, I beg you, do not act so wickedly. Seeing this man is come into my house, do not commit this outrage. Look, here is my virgin daughter. And the man's concubine, let me bring them out now. Humble them and do with them as you please. But to this man, do not do such a vile thing. But the men would not heed him. So the man took his concubine and brought her out to them. And they knew her and abused her all night until morning. And when the day began to break, they let her go. Then the woman came as the day was dawning and fell down at the door of the man's house where her master was till it was light. When her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go his way, there was his concubine, fallen at the door of the house with her hands on the threshold. And he said to her, Get up and let us be going. But there was no answer. So the man lifted her unto the donkey, and the man got up and went to his place. When he entered his house, he took a knife, laid hold of his concubine, and divided her into twelve pieces, limb by limb and sent her throughout all the territory of Israel. And so it was that all who saw it said, No such deed has been done or seen from the day that the children of Israel came up from the land of Egypt until this day. Consider it, confer, and speak up. So all the children of Israel came out from Dan to Beersheba, as well as from the land of Gilead, and the congregation gathered together as one man before the Lord at Mizpah. And the leaders of all the people, all the tribes of Israel presented themselves in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot shoulders, who drew the sword. Now the children of Benjamin heard that the children of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. Then the children of Israel said, Tell us, how did this wicked deed happen? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, My concubine and I went into Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin, to spend the night. And the men of Gibeah rose against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. They intended to kill me, but instead they ravished my concubine so that she died. How can a group of people be so far away from God? What happened? We read in this passage that these men of Benjamin were completely out of control. If it wasn't clear to you, their initial desire was to gang rape the Levite, a man that served in the temple of the Lord which is exactly what they did to his concubine, until they killed her. And to make matters worse, rather than the people of Benjamin wanting to do justice, they defended these evil men and went to war for them. There are a lot of things wrong in this passage, but it all starts with the great evil that these men of Benjamin wanted to do, and ultimately did end up doing to the Levite's concubine. How can a group of people that supposedly follow God be so completely off course? What went wrong? The answer is earlier in the same book. If we go to Judges chapter 2, verse 7 to 13, this gives us more insight to what happened where it says, So the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which had done for Israel. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old. And they buried him within the border of his inheritance and in Timnath here is in the mountains of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gaesh. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord nor the work which he had done for Israel. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. And so, there was a break somewhere with people not knowing the Lord. There was a generation that did not know the Lord, meaning that they departed from God, were not taught the things that God did for his people. And ultimately ended up following other gods. Who failed then? I would have to say based on biblical principles that the parents failed. There was no proper teaching of the things of God from one generation to another. And over the course of time, things went from bad to worse. A group of people don't change overnight and children don't take certain paths all on their own. Yes, there are certain things that certain children may have the propensity the desire to do wrong things. Although, quite frankly, we're all born sinners. Sin is a part of our fabric as human beings. So even more so, children need to be taught the ways of the Lord. But something happened between generations that the concept of believing and following the Lord was lost. There was a certain group of people that were taught the ways of God and then decided that it was not important to pass on these teachings to their children faith in God was completely taken for granted or just took a backseat to everything else. Ultimately, you had a group of people that was ungrateful and hence they didn't see God as important and transmitted that same sentiment to the generation that followed. Does that seem familiar to you? History has a great tendency to repeat itself. The root of the problem is that some people lose the concept of authority, starting with the fact that the Lord is God. And then, that all gets reflected in society. And when people lose the concept of authority, of structure, of order, then people do whatever they think is right. Everything in their lives becomes subjective to their own desires, starting with their faith, to how families are run, if you will, to how they conduct themselves in society, in the workplace, and so on. Judges chapter 21 verse 25 tells us this, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. How about that? Look at what happens when there is no concept of authority, especially with God. Quite frankly, things turn into madness because how can a group of people coexist if there are so many opinions on morality, on what is right, if they all have different opinions? They might be together as a group, But at some point, they all start running over each other and human beings turn into something even more basic than animals because they start running on instinct and human instinct cannot be trusted because sin is a part of us. If we are left to our own devices, sin will surely run our lives. And if sin runs our lives, then what good can we expect out of something that produces death and destruction? That is the only thing that sin produces, for it is written, for the wages of sin is death. This is what ultimately happens to people that willfully forget the Lord. What ultimately happened with these people of Benjamin and with some of the others, because surrendering these women to these evil men was not the answer either. Romans chapter 1 teaches us this, because although they knew God, They did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful." who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Isn't this the world we're living in today? This is what happens when people desire to forget about God. When God is taken out of the position of power, a nation any group of people start taking on the traits of the individuals that compose them. And if you are not against the evil that is happening and you support it, then you become just as guilty according to the Lord. If you approve the evil, even though you don't commit it yourself, you are just as guilty as those that do it, plain and simple. This is the exact same thing that the people of Benjamin did. These evil men raped and killed an innocent person willfully and the people that surrounded them rather than doing justice the levite had to do something so terrible to call people's attentions like cutting the victim in pieces and sending these body parts throughout the land so people could take notice of the wrong that happened could you imagine how hard a nation's heart must be that the only way a person thought they could get their attention to this situation is by cutting a person into pieces So they see the severity of the act and get them to do something. It was pretty bad. The so-called people of God were in terrible shape, but that is how we are today as a group as well. Just look at those that call themselves followers or believers in God. Just look at what happens in so many churches today throughout the world. Evil reigns, unfortunately. That's why many people are petrified of going to a church. You can talk to people in general about God, about Jesus Christ, about how to be saved even. But many refuse to go to a church because they are genuinely afraid. They are afraid that at minimum they will be taken advantage of, that the majority of preachers and ministers are just after their money and their resources. So those preachers and ministers can build themselves small or large fortunes and also be able to build big buildings and so on. And that is only the tip of the iceberg. There is that such very subtle message that is transmitted in many places, especially in churches where it says, just bring them to church, bring the people here. There is rarely that message of teaching people to invite others to come to know God, to come to know Jesus Christ. And so what are people supposed to share with other people? Starting with people teaching their children. What were parents instructed then and are instructed now to teach their children? What was forgotten? Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 1 to 9 tells us this. Now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you. That you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you. You and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul. And with all your strength. And these words. Which words? Love the Lord your God. Which I command you today. Shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. When you walk by the way. When you lie down. And when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your gates. And so. What exactly do children need to be taught? To love the Lord. For them to be able to find their own relationship with the Lord God Almighty. That is the message that needs to be conveyed to everyone starting with children. That is what I am doing right now. We need to learn how to love the Lord our God. If in fact he is your Lord and God. With all of our heart, with all of our soul and with all of our strength. That's it. It all starts there. That is the basis for everything that has to do with the Lord. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 teaches us this. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And so, if you say that you believe in the Lord, and he in fact is the Lord of your life, then you need to start with teaching them that there is a God. Teach them who is this God and what he has done in general and what he has done for you personally because the God of the Bible is a personal God looking to impact every human being intimately. Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for instance, tells us this, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Everything that is created speaks of God, of his mighty works. If we saw the sunrise today, it's because God made it and established it and wills it to continue doing what it does. God allows you to have the senses you have so you can contemplate and experience his creation so you can ultimately sense somehow all of the things he has made and allows to exist. And if you look at these things and you teach your children to look and understand these things, then it should be only natural to fear this great God, to respect Him for who he is and for what he has done and continues to do no matter what. Help them understand the immensity and intricacy of creation, even their own selves, and how we were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. We are the greatest part of God's creation. Why is not just knowing the Lord important, but also fearing him? Fear, not in the sense of being terrified, although there is some room for that as well, is useful in the sense that it keeps you grounded and focused. If you fear the Lord above everything else, then you are concerned about his opinion, what he thinks about you. He becomes more important as it should be than anything else. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 teaches us that fearing the Lord, having this great and awesome sense of deep respect and appreciation for Him, is what helps bring about knowledge, wisdom. For it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so, talk to your children about what this loving God has done for them by grace. Because not only the Lord has made everything, but he did something for man to deal with man's fallen state, our sin problem. Because sin is a problem. Sin will kill you spiritually if you don't cling on to the Lord, to life itself. John chapter 3, verse 16, which I'm sure everyone is well acquainted with, says, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, what if you are saying right now, John, I really don't know the Lord the way you are saying I should teach my children how to love Him. And if you're thinking that, then that within itself is a very, very good first step. My answer to you would be, fix the problem. Look for the Lord. Look to love Him yourself first. Because how can you teach or show anyone anything if you don't believe it through and through yourself? I mean, I couldn't be sharing with you all what I'm sharing unless if it wasn't real to me. And the Lord is very real to me. He is my everything and I feel compelled to share this faith with as many people that are willing to listen because I am convinced that Jesus is the answer to my life. And if He has become the answer to my life, then I believe He can be the answer to your life as well if you just let Him become your life what He desires to become. This is like becoming a lifeguard. Those folks that save other people from drowning in the water. In order to be a lifeguard, you need to be a strong swimmer. You need to be strong enough to save yourself and those people that are drowning. I've never had the experience of saving a drowning person literally, but I've had some training. They teach you that drowning people can be difficult to save because they're either panicking, exhausted, or just uncompliant. They teach you that you need to try to calm the person down somehow or else they will beat you up because of their own feeble attempts to stay afloat or because they are not thinking rationally anymore. And so you, the lifeguard, need to be not only a strong swimmer, but also have the capacity to be able to deal with a drowning victim. You need to be more composed, settled and trained than the person you are attempting to save. It's not a competition. It is just what is necessary so you are able to save lives. It's exactly the same thing that needs to happen in us so we can help others come to know God, to love the Lord and to follow Him for their own good, for their own salvation. Now, what happens if I came to know the Lord with my children being older? It is never too late. Many people come to Christ being older, so you start as soon as possible. The best time to start is right away. You don't need to be a minister, a preacher, an evangelist, or even go to Bible college to talk to people about your own experience of the Lord, about how to communicate what He has done in your life and how He has changed you and saved you and how God wants to do the same thing in them. You just plainly start by telling everyone about what God has done for you. It's as simple as that. Matthew 28 tells us this, that Jesus taught us to do This is the way you start helping a group of people come back to the Lord, starting with your own life. We can only help people by us understanding things well first, and then helping others understand what the Lord is all about, starting with our families, with our friends, with our co-workers, with our neighbors, with even people we might just bump into wherever we find ourselves. God doesn't just want to change your life alone. He wants for everyone to come to know Him personally and to see personally all of the great and wonderful things He wants to do in everyone, even in the life of our enemies. Yes, God even wants to save your enemies. That is how good God is. First Timothy chapter 2 tells us this, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior who desires all men not some men not certain people but all men all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth for there is one god and one mediator between god and men the man christ jesus This is God's will for all mankind. He wants for everyone, small and great, young and old, from every race and nation, to come to the knowledge of the truth, to be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever, I repeat, whoever, without exceptions, believes in Him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, Isn't this a God worth keeping in a position of the highest priority, a Lord that wants to rule our hearts and lives through his love and his peace, a master that holds the resurrection and eternal life in his hands? How can we willfully forget such a God? This is what we need to understand as people. And starting with our own lives, Every single person has a void in their heart, and as a void it is, it naturally wants to be filled. And that void will be filled either with one thing or another thing, but you better believe that the void will be filled. When you take God out of things, starting with your own life, then the opposite starts to fill the void that is left behind. So when God is pushed out, then Satan and sin and evil start to backfill the void that is created. We are all born sinners with sin embedded deep within us. So we are already filled with this sin problem, unfortunately. But God invites everyone to replace that sin problem with Him, with the only one that can produce life. However, when we have been made aware of this God somehow, as we read before, that creation itself speaks of Him. So everything that is made starts making us aware that He does exist, that He is there all around us and we reject that knowledge, then there is an accountability that starts. When God enters the picture, then everything else should change. God's desire is for things to change for good, not for people to cast them out. He comes to give life, eternal life through Jesus Christ. But if we have pushed aside, then the only natural thing that comes to fill the void is Satan. And consequently, destruction and death that's the product of sin that's what happens when a person pushes god out of their life and then when a group of people gather together with the goal to push god out of the picture nothing good comes out of that sooner or later destruction and death settle in and so if by any chance you may have not set god in his rightful place in your heart and sin has come in to fill the void and you are realizing that something really needs to change. Look for the Lord. Push sin out of your life by repenting from sin and converting to the Lord with all of your heart. Purge your life through the power of Christ so life can come back and fill the void of your heart. Transform your life and start impacting positively and eternally everyone that surrounds you. That is the good and bad part of out of all of this. If our lives are run by sin, Our lives impact negatively everything else around us. But if our lives are run by the Lord, then our lives can have a great and blessed impact on everything else around us. That's when we start becoming the light and salt of the earth, where we bring the light of God's reason to every situation we walk into and make the bitterness of this world taste better through the flavor we bring through Christ. And so... I encourage you today to remember the Lord and make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life and to help others around you do the same. Loving God is the only thing that can transform our lives for good and affect for good everyone else around us. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, please forgive us, O Lord, if we are not sensitive to you. Please forgive us, O God, if we ever make the decision, Heavenly Father, to push you out of our lives, even if it's certain parts of our lives where we might think that you shouldn't be in every aspect of our lives. Please forgive us when we think like that and when we do that. Please have mercy. Please help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to understand that you need to be a part of our lives and every single aspect of our lives, even the most intimate aspect of our lives. You need to be a part of that. You need to be Lord of that, Lord God. Heavenly Father, because when we depart from you, even if it seems something simple and insignificant, that's when problems start to occur. That's when sin starts taking control of our lives. And that's when we start impacting everything else around us in a bad way. Help us, O oh Lord, to be mindful that you always need to be first and that you always need to be the priority above everything else. Help us, O oh Lord, to be mindful of you and of who you need to be in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and his truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.